Today, you are going to get a front row seat to the ultimate breakdown of how the Springboks beat France in the Rugby World Cup 2023 quarterfinals. I'm going to be joined by Kenneth Todd, who runs an excellent YouTube channel named Rugby Brew. Kenneth does some great work there. I encourage you to go and check it out. Previews, reviews, topical discussions. And it's my absolute pleasure to say welcome, Kenneth. Uh, well, it's an absolute pleasure to be here, Peter. Thanks for inviting me. I feel honored, man. I'm nervous here. Don't be nervous at all. Uh, I think that the nerves certainly cannot compare uh, to what was going on uh, approximately 80 minutes ago. South Africa versus France, what a match. Did it live up to every single expectation? You know, Peter, it did. Hey, uh, My heart is still racing right now. I'm still sweating. Um, I'm still feeling shaky. I don't know how the players do it. Uh, it was an absolutely incredible game. Obviously, I didn't want it to be that close. I was hoping Springboks by 12. But what an epic, epic game. Probably one of the the best uh, games I've seen the Springboks involved in uh, and what they had to go through and still come out on top in, in, a, in a World Cup, um, you know, knockout game. It's just phenomenal. Strong start from both sides. It was 22-19 to France at halftime. What were you thinking at that stage? I was thinking how they, you know, at the end of that first half, six tries, I thought... I thought, what's going to happen in the second half, right? I, I jumped online because um, I, I I could hardly keep up. It was just back and forth. There was like two heavyweight boxes just slugging it out. Whatever, when they scored, we scored. Then we scored, they scored. It was just back and forth, back and forth. Incredible tries. Um, and I was thinking, you know, is, is the second half going to continue like this or when is it actually going to slow down and come to maybe a little bit of a, a kicking duel? But it didn't really come down to the kicking jaw. We, obviously, the tries just won a piece, I think, in the second half. Um, but so it's, it, it didn't slow down, but it definitely got tight and that pressure started building. Something that concerned me was the way that the French mauled from their line-out. Uh, we saw two tries actually coming from uh, that as a result. Uh, I think in both cases, it was Cyril Baez's tries. Uh, and then we saw Mavakov's uh, try, uh, which was obviously not from a line-out maul, but similarly stretching the Springbok defence, especially down uh, the French right-wing side. I was a bit worried about that at one stage. How about you? Yeah, absolutely. Look, it's not very often that you see Springbok uh, teams getting dominated physically. And France definitely have some big boys, right? We, we're not the only big boys in town. And, and in today's modern rugby, I mean, every team is, is full of big boys, right? So it, it, it was a concern. I haven't seen us go backwards. There one more, uh, which I think ended up in Cyril's first try. Uh, that Muavaka, the, I think I'm saying it correctly, his name, the, um, the hooker, incredible incredible player and so yeah I mean not, not only were they forwards but you know they, they had such dominant game line success they were they were getting over that game line almost at will with their backline moves very similar to Ireland uh, yesterday against New Zealand and uh, we were ha we were hanging on and it was in that second second period of the the second half but the first period of, of the second half so from about 45 minutes to 60 minutes I was like, uh, I don't know. I think they might blow out here. Like France, just you know, go because we were absorbing so much pressure. And then the um, the bench came on and definitely made a difference for us. 
I have very similar sentiments, but we'll come to that uh, a little bit later in this discussion. I just want to stay in the first half for a moment, uh, Kenneth. When the Springboks scored their first two tries, in both instances it came from turnover ball. Um, brilliant stuff from the box, of course, to make it happen. But there was a part of me that was just wondering if those were going to be the only opportunities that we were going to get on the night. I'm wondering what your thoughts were at that stage. Yeah, you know, it's it's really interesting because we've been thinking a lot about this uh, Andre Pollard, Moni Lebok, right? Who starts? And I think so many people thought, hey, with with the with the quarter uh, quarterfinal coming up, is maybe Andre starting and then Moni coming on. So when I did the team prediction um, during the week, you know, and and they um, they selected Marnie to start. I was thinking, what's what's going on here now? Rusty and Jock. I mean, it's, it's very difficult to to predict any of their teams, right? And so, but now I understand why. It was definitely a tactic where the, I mean, Marnie was kicking uh, to the corners um, or high balls, and Peter Steff was always out on the wing, and so they were waiting. They obviously identified something with the French team, and I just thought, hey. Well, both of those opportunities, I think the first one was Kurt Lee's try and then Damien Delinde both came, well, the actual one came from Corbus's up and under, right? So, yeah, I definitely thought that was part of the tactic. And then I thought, okay, this makes sense. This is why they started with, with Marnie and they're going to bring on Andre for the, um, for the second half, you know, to close out the game and uh, pretty much that what happened. Hey, if you're enjoying this video, why not consider becoming a patron? You can click on my Patreon link, I'll put it on the screen as well as in the description box, and there will be great benefits for members. Let's get back to the interview. There was a very strange moment late in the first half. Uh, the French had kicked into our 22 and Damien Willems had collected it. He called the mark. And then something that I've never seen before, instead of taking the kick, he called for a scrum. Have you ever seen anything like that? I've never seen anything like that. And I thought, guys, what are you doing? You've obviously got a lot of confidence in yourselves. But the, this, this South African victory was uh, built on courage and some bold decisions. You know, um, also, I don't want to jump ahead, but the thing that, that makes me that, that conclusion, one is that is that scrum uh, from a 22. I've never seen that. But in the second half, when we, instead of taking that three points, we were five points behind at that stage. We kicked for the corner, lost the line out. Then the next penalty, we actually did a quick tap, but, you know, some uh, old school dumbing movement going on. And that's when Evan scored his try. So they definitely had uh, identified certain areas, uh, the coaches, and you've you got to give them respect and the players for having the mental fortitude and strength to make those de decisions uh, in a high pressure environment and high pressure situations. And come out and, and we justified we won a penalty from that. Um, Moni did get it out, but then the, 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 the French wing um, managed to you know keep it in. So um, yeah, it's just fascinating and and yeah, that just all added to my heart uh, my heart rate and blood pressure. <laughs> That makes two of us. Um, now, if what Damien Willemse did was rare, I think equally rare is what we saw when Cheslin Colby charged down a conversion attempt from Tomar Ramos. Uh, I know that we always see players attempting it, but I can't recall seeing too many of them actually being charged down. Just speaking of Cheslin Colby, I thought he had a great game tonight. What did you make of him? Yeah, he was one of my star players, right? That that identified had a huge game, um, and yeah, I mean, we end up winning by one point, eh? 
And we know Ramos is deadly with that boot. And that's a two point right there. And so it just shows you, um, it's, you know, also this, this win was built on, like I spoke about the mental side, but of the sheer determination and sheer will to win. And that's a reflection of that where, where, I mean, we see, you know, wings trying to charge down conversions. And I think that's a reflection of the team. It's just like, we're not going to give up at all on the, on this thing. And every little opportunity and every sniff we have, we're going to go for it. And I think that that reflected in a Cheslin. Cheslin was uh, enormous tonight, even though he's a short guy. I mean, he was, in, he was incredible along with uh, Eben. And I thought Jesse Creel was sensational. I agree with all of that. And speaking of Eben, the uh, head height tackle law again reared its ugly head in this tournament tonight. Uh, what did you make of the yellow card? Yeah, I was just hope. I was glad it wasn't turn, turned into a red, right? Uh, um, you know, we've been fortunate. I mean, the Kiwis had, uh, you know, two yellow cards in their game. We had one. I'm just, I'm glad that we got through the quarterfinals without, you know, 14 men the whole time because of something. I, it, it's a tough one. I mean, what is he even six foot eight? The other, the, the prop is six foot five. I mean, you know, we know the guys can bend down, and that Evan was almost on one knee. Uh, I mean, it's, it's it, right to, today in, in today's uh, age, right? It's just it's it's almost guaranteed straight yellow, and then a review, right, at, for red. So at least you know common sense prevailed within the current rules, and I think the referee's also in a tough spot. You know, he's got to go through this whole mitigation process and um yeah so you know, thankfully it wasn't a red and you know i guess right now it doesn't matter we still won right so, yeah. absolutely i'm um, speaking of the referee uh, i thought ben o'keefe missed a, uh, quite a few things tonight um as it turns out some of those maybe the majority of those even went in our favor thinking of knock-ons uh, i think there was one incident where Quacha smith uh, didn't release the ball. Uh, you know, it's little things like that. But just overall, uh, what did you make of Ben O'Keefe's performance? Yeah, you know, it's, it was very similar to the Ireland game, right, where um, Ireland dominated at the breakdown and, and it became a little bit of just a free-for-all. And there were situations there but that, that were like that. But it's just, I think, both teams, like sup- supreme athletes, right, who are just going... You know, hell bent on on trying to win a turnover, slow the ball down. You know, nowadays it's not just the turnover too. It's the hey, how can I slow down their ruck speed and how can I, you know, effective point and stuff. So definitely he did miss some stuff. It seems like that's his style. But then also, you know, I don't like to jump on the whole ref bandwagon kind of thing. Um, but you know, the guy is sitting in a, in a stadium or standing in a stadium with, I don't know how many French people, every decision he made, he was getting booed. I think the crowd were trying to play it up every single time, which is pretty annoying. Um, but, uh, so I think he did all right, right? You know, he, he came out of there unscathed. I think in, in the modern game, almost any ruck, any breakdown, any more, any, any time there's a try now, you're holding your breath to think, Hey, you know, are they going to review this? What's going on? So I, I he definitely missed some stuff. And I think France got away with a lot of, um, you know, holding on balls where we, we could have turned over and, and also just slowing down our ball effectively. But uh, he did okay, I guess. Huh? Do you really know your rugby? Do you always get your predictions right? Why not make some money then? Open an account right now with Tic Tac Bets and get up to 2,000 Rand and 20 spins with your first deposit. The link is appearing on your screen and I'll also put it in the description area. 
Please note that this is an affiliate link and I will make a little commission on it. Winners know when to stop. National Responsible Gambling Program. Toll-free helpline 0800-006-008. No persons under the age of 18 years are permitted to gamble. Yeah, I didn't have a problem, to be honest, overall with him. And I do think he's probably one of the better referees uh, on the on the world circuit as well. Let's move on into the second half then. We pretty much emptied our uh, forward side of the bench, the 5-3 split as it was. I think Vincent Koch was the only one who didn't come on within the first 10 or 12 minutes of the second half. And those forwards, I felt, ultimately were better than the forwards that the French brought on. And that is what swung the game our way. Would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. And, and like I spoke about it earlier, was was just the, 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 the dominance. Like if we look at the stats... Um, with the French carries over the gain line, right? Excuse me for looking down, just reading the stats. I mean, 82 carries over the gain line um, versus South Africa's 36. That's, they dominated that, that gain line. Uh, they had 153 runs versus 79 of ours. I mean, they beat 42 defenders where we beat 12. And so they, they got some big boys. I mean, and Antonio Muavaka at, at hooker, um, their loose forwards, and um, they they were definitely when they made those changes. I, you know, we all we all thought, hey, the bomb squad's been broken up. We're going with a five three split here. What, like, what's going on? But it actually turned out to be a, a bomb squad for real. And I, I think that again, that's credit to uh, Jacques and Rossi for really building this depth over the over the the four-year cycle. And it's it's little moments like this that 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 shows, right? These guys have been in this situation before, and you actually probably got in some people's books, um, you know, having having Pollard and Fuff uh, coming on in the, in the second half is like, hey, those are those are a lot of people's starting choices, right? So, um, and I actually thought uh, in this World Cup, I think Oxton Shares had a phenomenal uh, World Cup. And you know, I was actually calling for him and, and Trevor to to perhaps start, um, but I don't know. Trevor wasn't there because uh, probably it must be an injury or something. But uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, a long answer, uh, but I did think that they made it. They made a big impact, and um, yeah, Dion Ferry being there just with his with his calm head, you know, really revving the guys up at the end. And I mean, I thought, I thought Quacho was excellent when he came on. Ox was excellent. And uh, Fuff was a real nuisance defensively uh, when he came on. Having said all of that, Kenneth, there was a moment roughly around minute 60. The French were in front by about six points, I think it was at that stage. We were inside our own half. Uh, Fuff de Klerk, we were going backwards. Fuff de Klerk uh, made a pass into the back line. It was a wayward pass as it turned out. And it was just in that moment that I wondered if maybe the game was beginning to slip away from us. A very nervous moment, of course, uh, as you can imagine. I'm wondering what your thoughts were. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I, I thought exactly the same thing. Like I said earlier, from that like, minute 45 to the 60th minute, they say we're just coming wave after wave. We couldn't get our hands on the ball. And, you know, in fact, I think at the end of the game, right, um, if, if we look at the, if I look at the possession stats in that again, um, I actually don't have them in front here, but it was, it was something like, uh, I think 60 something percent in terms of territory and possession. We just, we couldn't get our hands on the ball. And I thought, hey, you can only defend for so long. You can only, and, you know, 
I did notice too is when Pollard were coming, right? So so in rugby, one of the weak, just natural weak channels from a, a set piece, a line out or scrum, is that gap between the set piece, line out or scrum, and the number 10. And and Andre was actually standing quite quite far. And that's when we started uh, Jalibert started making these breaks and steps, and he beat Andre like on two different occasions, I think. And I thought, hey, this is not going to work out too well. But it's those substitutions that came on. Again, also that the mental strength and the substitutions. And we started making a couple of silly errors. And I was actually did a I actually did a a, a, a YouTube video earlier this week on on mindset and what makes team choke or collapse. And it was all around Ireland, funny enough, perhaps choking for the quarterfinal. And there's certain signs that you look for in terms of nerves accumulation of mistakes, especially accumulation from your main players. Um, you know, and, and Vili had knocked on and um, we made a mess of the lineups uh, in their corner. Achia didn't get up and there was a knock on. I thought, okay, is this the compounding? But then we turned that around very quickly. So that's when I actually started breathing normally and I, and I could see our bomb squad come on and started making a difference, right? Um yeah, and, and the players were just immense that, that came on. Uh, incredible. I'm glad you used that word immense because that word is actually in my next question. Uh, so we did turn things around quite nicely. We weathered that storm as uh, as we discussed. And we made our way back into their 22 a little bit later. And in the end, one or two uh, phases uh, played and Irben Etzebeth stormed his way, barged his way over the try line to put us in front, as it turned out. How immense was Eben? Incredible. Incredible. I mean, I, I don't know. I, like, I have, such, I have res- such respect for that guy. I mean, 100 and something caps now, I've lost count. Um, he, he very rarely lets us down. Um, I thought he's had a, had a quieter World Cup by his standards, which is still... You know, his standards are up here. But just absolutely incredible um, how that guy gets up for big games every single every single week. Um, he's probably one of the Springboks that spends the most minutes on the field, played more minutes than everybody else over 100 caps. And he, it just doesn't seem like he's letting off the gas and just an just a absolute beast of a man, right? And and I, I just love that whole, that whole move. And... and like I said, or like you had mentioned too, is up to that point they'd been dominating us physically, and we started. We turned that that, that uh, we turned the tide pretty quickly, and I, you know that was almost like the sucker punch, right? That was the the punch to the gut that the French were like, whoa, okay, what do we do now? We're now one point behind <laughs> with all this domination. We are now behind by one point, and we're going into what was it the last eight minutes or something? Last ten minutes. And that's going to test your mentality in a big way, right? Just you've they hit us as hard as they could, and we weren't going away. We, we were right there, um, and now ahead. And that might have been the 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 thing that that started planting the seed of doubt uh, within the head. I, we'll never know, but um, unless somebody says something, but that's definitely a huge turning point and a courageous decision to take that that tap instead of the three points that was right there. Describe the relief you experienced at the final whistle. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it was better than my wedding day. <laughs> I'll say that quietly. My wife's downstairs, she'll beat me afterwards. Um, no, it was, it was incredible, man. I, and I, I, I don't know how the players handled that. Seriously, I mean, um, I, I, was, I was an absolute wreck. It was just a relief. Like, 
Um, and I was looking for the heart pills. Do I have heart pills? Yeah, maybe. I... <laughs> it was so intense. It really was. Uh, guys, if you're enjoying this video, my guest today is Kenneth Todd. He runs a wonderful YouTube channel called Rugby Brew. I'm going to put a description, uh, a link at least, uh, in the description area. And I'm going to put a description on the screen for you as well. And I'd highly encourage you to go and check it out. Previews, reviews, predictions, topical discussions. It's really, really high quality stuff. As I say, I encourage you very much to go and check it out. Kenneth, next up for the Springboks is a semi-final against England. I'm sure you watched them overcome Fiji in their quarterfinal. Is there anything the box need to be worried about? On, on form, no, right? But it is a knockout game, semi-final, bit of a backstory there. We, we beat them, um, you know, in, in the last, uh, in, in the 2019 final. Look, it, it, we we should we should beat them and beat them pretty easily, right? You you would imagine, but uh, you know the the pressure goes goes up another level. I mean, the one thing that you you if you notice, like Wales and Argentinian quarterfinal, great game of rugby, really enjoyed that. The Ireland New Zealand game was a step up intensity, huge. It's like we'd be playing two different sports here almost, right? The England Fiji game, exciting Fiji coming back and um, heartbreaking for them, and then today's game again, huge step up in intensity, physicality, skill set. So, but semi-finals, anything's possible, right? And bear in mind, is England's very similar to us. There's a lot of players in this current team that were in the 2019 World Cup final, and so. You know, you look at guys like Courtney Laws, Moro Toji, uh, Ellis Genge, um, even Jamie George, um, you know, Curry, uh, Vunipola, um, and Tui Logi, and, and Marcus Smith. These are good players. I mean, Owen Farrell, I'm not a fan of Owen Farrell at all. Um, but, you know, the guy's got a lot of experience. He can play. So, yeah, you you. You know, it's, it's like my brother always said to me, right, is as I was getting older and I, I would try to challenge him, <laughs> you know, he'd always give me a good clap and he'd say, don't get too clever because when you think you're clever, you're going to come short. So I don't want to be too clever, right? But, I, you know, um, I, I think we should win that and I, I, uh, and I think we should do okay with that just because I trust the players and I really trust this coaching uh, uh, um, set up and um, you know hopefully it will be a New Zealand versus South Africa the ultimate rugby rivalry um, challenging for the cup final and that's where we're going to finish off uh, Kenneth how exciting is the prospect of a Springboks All Blacks final we haven't had one since 1995 yeah that would just be incredible it'd be absolutely incredible um, and, and right now in this World Cup cycle We've got a, we've got a, both of us, right? We've got a 50% winning ratio against each other. And, um, you know, they did us in in Mount Smart this year by a good one. And then we betted them and Twickenham, that winning margin. We gave them a good smack and even last year with Nell Sprate and, and Ellis Park. So, and then the games before that were all one or two point games. So it's, uh, um, that, that's just, um, if that happens, I, I won't be able to sleep for, for a week. You know, leading up to that game, we're so excited. I think I can relate to every word you just spoke there. Kenneth, let me say, it was lovely having you on Front Row Rugby today. An absolute pleasure. Thank you for uh, coming on and uh, sharing your thoughts. And I hope that we can have you on again in the future. Hey, Peter, it's an absolute pleasure. And thanks so much, man. I, 
I've really enjoyed following your channel, watching your channel with all those interviews. And um, yeah, I hope hope everybody that's watching shares your your uh, YouTube with all their friends and stuff. Thanks so much. I really enjoyed this, man.